Hey, what is going on, everybody? It is Monday night, which means it is time, finally, once again, for OBR Unscripted, where we don't know what we're going to talk about. We're going to come into this thing blank and blind, and we're going to figure it out as we go for the next hour. It's your Monday night. Bit of fun here on the OBR Streaming Network. I am Michael Keefe. He is Andrew Spade. He's over there. Andrew Spade. What's going on, Andrew? It's so good to see you back here. Mike, it's good to be back. Uh, absence and, and truly. Too. Yeah, no, I know. Like we, we've we've had a few weeks off. Absence truly does make the heart grow fonder. Mm. Um, oh, okay. Uh, one way street. That's fine. <laughs> I'm comfortable with that. Uh, I know. I I I have missed do, doing the show. I I have missed having Brown stuff to talk about. You know, there's been some stuff, and I I hopped on last week with Brad Ward and. And talked about the DeAndre Hopkins situation literally for an entire hour, uh, but but this show and its specific brand of arguing for no reason uh, has has been missed for me over the past few weeks. Yeah, things have been too easy for you, too easy. Yeah, I, I, a lot of people have been agreeing with me, and it's really going to my head. Well, don't worry, we're going to change that tonight. <laughs> we're going to change that all tonight here on the OBR Unscripted. Yeah, it's been a, it's been it's been like three weeks. Almost four right. weeks, yeah. Because you had a week off, and then I had a week off, and then we took last week off. That was just a thing, uh, and so it's it's really good to be, to be back. Hopefully, you guys are ready for a fun night. But again, remember the OBR unscripted. The whole purpose of this show, the whole purpose of the show, is that we don't talk about this before we come in. We don't set anything up before we come in. We're just going to talk about whatever comes up over the course of the next hour. Which means if you are joining us live here tonight. On the OBR streaming network, whether you are on YouTube or you are on Twitch, it's up to you to help us be a part of this show as well. So jump into the chat. It's already going. Our friends Fumble and Paul Spencer and Surge and chat username, you guys are all going already. Uh, but tell us what you guys want to talk about as well, and we will get into that. But yeah, man, Andrew, it's, it is good to be back. It's It's been yeah. This back end of May for me is wild. I've got two kids' birthdays, my anniversary, all happened the last two weeks of May. Nice. So nice. Like well, I'm, those, done, I'm done for the year now. Yeah. Your much. obligations have been uh, absolutely fulfilled. So you can go back to being a, uh, a full-time hotel guy. <laughs> and here we are. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the double tree. <laughs> Elite cookies, everything yep. else trash. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, but, you know, you eat enough cookies, you start to feel all right. No, well, that's been the story of my life for 38 years. <laughs> it hasn't failed either of us yet. And I, I always eat enough cookies. My, my, yeah. my doctor is worried that I'm starting to cut back. And he said, no, don't do that. Go harder. No, no. You know, if anything... uh, speaking of food, real quick, before we get into brown stuff, uh, yeah. I went to a place for dinner tonight that I haven't been in like, oh, it's got to be at least a decade. Mm -hmm. Everybody that I work with, and there's like 50 of us here, but like 20 people wanted to go to Hooters. Whoa. So we went to Hooters tonight. Whoa. The wings are better than I remember. Okay. And they have these like chicken nachos that are wildly delicious. Like what yeah. these chicken nachos, maybe some of the best nachos I've ever had in my I, life. This is not what I where I expected this to go, Mike. Just I saying, gotta be honest. I'm I, just saying that no free ads, but first, like <laughs> first of all, I the idea that any any group of people democratically would choose to go to Hooters in this year. We're talking about men, women, like no, that's what I mean. Like all it, the above. It, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, wow, that's okay. Well, you know what? Uh, there's a there's a recommendation for you. I have never been to one, um, uh, not out of any you know moral obligation, but it's just never been at the top of my list. But I guess now maybe I'll have to make a specific <laughs> trip. I don't even know where one is. 
I love it. We're setting off a whole thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the chat, the chat was off was the rails bad. before we even started the show. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then we brought in Hooters, and that that's yeah. the end of it. That's mm -hmm. the end of it. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, again, if you ever make it to Hooters, try the chicken nachos. Okay. They were right. so good. So Great. good. Great. Uh, all right, Andrew. So listen, I've got some things that I've came in. Uh, I came in kind of wanting to talk about, right? Like, oh God, some of these comments, Evan Joseph, that is awful, just <laughs> rough. Uh, Serge calling you. I can't even put these on the screen. I can't put yep. them on the screen. So um, good. So you good. Know, last week we did um, tight ends week, uh, which just fits right into the whole thing. It just fits right into the whole conversation here. So yeah. far, yeah. Uh, it's do you want to talk about how, that a little bit? Well, it's just crazy how time flies, right? Because it feels like it was just. Tight ends week 2022, you know, like it's all of a sudden right. you look up at the calendar and it's tight ends week all over again. It's, man, right. time just flies, you know. Uh, uh, we're doing yeah. tackles week this week, so That's I want right. to yeah. get into that yeah. a little bit uh, on the OBR. And again, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, first of all, get over to the website. Get over to the OBR's website. Yeah. Read all the good stuff being done by all of our OBR brothers uh, uh, on the OBR website. Uh, again, we're going position by position every week this offseason. We're on to tackles, offensive tackles. And we're breaking it down both for the Browns and then kind of amongst the AFC North. So make sure you tune in over there uh, to check that out. But I do want to talk about that a little bit. You and I haven't had a chance, and I want to give you credit. I do want to. I do want to give you credit. You and I haven't had, really had the chance to talk about the um, DeAndre Hopkins, yeah, stuff, yeah. And so that's kind of where I wanted to start. And I don't want to go too overboard with this because as of right now, there's a lot of smoke regarding mm -hmm. DeAndre Hopkins and potential interest from the Browns and what does that look like? And it's got everybody in a, in a rush. We've got unofficial reports out there that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be visiting the Browns potentially even this week. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we will see PS. If that guy walks in the building, you better not let him leave. If that that's guy walks that, in the building, don't let him leave. But let's, I, I want you and I to talk about this because the thing I want to give you credit for Andrew, you've been the guy at the OBR that has been banging the DeAndre Hopkins drum and not saying anybody was against it per se, but well, you've been the guy, you've been the guy banging the drum for DeAndre Hopkins yeah. since I think since the beginning of the off season, maybe even before that you, I remember yeah. you and I talking and you were like, go get DeAndre Hopkins. I kind of laughed at you. Mm -hmm. Like they're not going to go get DeAndre Hopkins. Well, listen, I don't know what's going to end up. I don't know what's going to happen. DeAndre Hopkins could go have dinner with Aaron Rodgers tomorrow and wind up a jet. That stuff happens but there's certainly a lot of smoke here with the Browns. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you uh, for the credit. Um, that's why I do this, obviously, uh, <laughs> is, you know, so that you can show up a month later and tell me how right I was. Uh, this is the first time since I've known it. <laughs> right. It's been a long, it's been a long two years of having takes and having none of them come true. Um, no, I, I would say, you know, it always made the most sense to me because of the existing connection, right? For I mean, sure. You mentioned Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is now uh, on his, what, fourth or fifth try of extorting a team to sign Randall Cobb? Like, um, <laughs> these the, these quarterbacks... What are you talking about? Randall Cobb, top 10 all time. ...develop relationships with receivers. And if, if that happens to be a player, think about Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. If that's a, if that's a player that is, is is also in addition to having chemistry with that with the quarterback is also a really good player it's it's kind of a two for one deal right because like uh rob gronkowski great player in his own right and he makes tom brady a better quarterback it, it's a no-brainer um i think that's probably the best comparison 
for what the Hopkins move could do for the Browns. And I do, I do genuinely believe there's a multiplier effect of bringing in a player that has an existing relationship with a quarterback, especially when we've said for six months now that all of what happens this season hinges on how good Deshaun Watson can be in Cleveland. Well, and, and, and listen, I think, I think the thing that keeps that I keep coming back to, cause you kind of like the room where it's at, not saying it couldn't get better, Yeah, but Amari Cooper. I mean, that guy's not long for the Browns. It just, you know, right. when you look at what, what the cap structure looks like, what, when you look at what that guy, uh, we're getting to an age point of view, Amari Cooper's not long for the Cleveland Browns. And that, Maybe that stinks because I think a lot of us love Amari Cooper. I love Amari Cooper. I love Amari Cooper. He's not long for the Browns. I think a lot of people are starting to say, okay, well, if you uh, – to me, this thing would have looked way different before this offseason, I guess is what I'm trying to say, right? Because Definitely. yeah, if you bring in D-Hop, you might as well just say goodbye. Immediately, you're going to say goodbye to either Amari Cooper or Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think it's probably Donovan Peoples-Jones that goes on the immediate level, right? Like I, I don't I, know. I, I'm not convinced. Th- to me, I feel like it signals a DPJ trade, which again, I still think DPJ is probably on his way out soon, anyways. Yeah. And so maybe you roll into this year with Amari Cooper and and uh DeAndre Hopkins and Elijah Moore and Cedric Tillman. And all of a sudden it's like, holy shit, like look at what's going on here. You probably go into next offseason going goodbye, Amari Cooper, but then still your wide receiver room is. Hopkins and Moore and Tillman, it looks it just a, a lot of t- a, a lot of people when we were talking about this months ago, you were like, okay, but what happens when you lose some of these other guys? There's not a lot of all of a sudden there's some depth there. Mm-hmm. There's you can you can absorb some losses and still be really good and still have the best wide receiver. And again, DeAndre Hopkins is I love Amari Cooper, but Hopkins is the best re- receiver of the bunch that we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he got, you know, he got unfairly painted, you know, with the decline brush, I think, because of what happened in Arizona. But, I mean, I, I think we all know kind of what that offense was uh, last year for the Cardinals. It was sort of a nightmare season for them. Uh, and so I would expect, whether it's Cleveland or Kansas City or whomever else he might end up signing with, you know, that he will – I, I would expect a bounce back. Now, I wouldn't say he's going to have his career best year this season, but I certainly would expect a bounce back. Um, yeah, I, I, I see the the point that you make, Mike, about Donovan Peoples-Jones being on the way out this offseason still. And I wouldn't discount that, especially if they thought that they could recoup an asset for him of, of value, right? Uh, I mean, he, they were drafted him with a sixth-round pick. If they could get a, a, a higher-level pick for that player, it's, you know, that's just good business. But um, – I also could see a scenario where they're content. You know, I think they probably, certainly if they sign, sign Hopkins, even if they don't, I think they're probably going to keep seven receivers this year just because of how much quality they have in that yes. room. And so, you know, if you if you, if you you look at it right now, there's probably five locks and two spots that are kind of up for grabs amongst the recent draftees and UDFAs and stuff like that. If they sign Hopkins, now you've got six locks and, and one spot that's up for grabs unless you trade DPJ, but it's still not like the room's still not too full. You know, uh, you could absolutely hold on to Donovan Peoples-Jones through training camp, see if somebody, you know, suffers an injury and is willing to to really overpay maybe the trade deadline. Um, but I, I don't think that it would create any urgency for them. I think the main thing that it would do that, that you rightly pointed out is give them depth. 
to that would ensure whether it's Hopkins or Cooper, two players that have struggled with injury at times, that you would have cover. And that's something the Browns haven't had a wide receiver in quite some time. Yeah, and listen, we've I've had this pointed out a couple times, and you've talked about a bounce back, and and I I, I don't know that you mean that he wasn't good last year, but he had no. the suspension, and he had sixty four catches in nine games. I mean, like the guy was really good when he played. I guess for me, it's it's you have to decide who you want to get touches. Then at that point, when you're the Browns, it's not it's not it no longer becomes right. a question of how sure. good you're. You'd immediately have one of the best wide receiver rooms in football. Yes, but you then have to have questions about. Okay, if we keep Donovan Peoples Jones, and again, this is this will never be a Donovan Peoples Jones slander thing with me, because for where he was drafted and what he has turned himself into in the NFL, it's admirable at worst. Agreed. Admirable at worst. I mean, like what Donovan Peoples Jones has done is fantastic. But who do you want to get touches? Mm-hmm. Because now if we're gonna run out there with Cooper. And we're going to run out there with Hopkins and more. And you want Cedric Tillman to get some touches yeah. uh, because, we, again, we've we've all worked ourselves up into this. This was a guy that had a first or second round grade a couple of years ago. Now all of a sudden he fell to you. Do you want Donovan? Is Donovan Peoples-Jones a guy that you want out there getting touches away from some of those guys? Uh, and, no, then, and, again, further pushing other guys down the list. Right. It's a great problem to have. It's a great problem yeah. to have, but yeah. to me, I don't know that it creates a sense of urgency like, oh, we have to tra- trade DPJ right now, right. but what good is he going to do us on this team if that's our room? Is if That, no, that to well, me is the question. It's the it's the depth issue. It's 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 the conversation about depth because if uh, Cooper gets hurt, then Hopkins could flex to play some of Cooper's snaps and DPJ could rep- replace Hopkins, you know, I'm like, there's, there's versatility there, or you can mix in Tillman. Um, I, I mean, you know, he's not making people's Jones is not making that much money. So it's, it's depth is what he provides. And, and, you know, he, he's not going to be happy to be the sixth option right on, on the Browns right, uh, or, or, or tied with Goodwin for fifth. And that's before you even talk about the tight ends, but right. But, but having said that the Browns shouldn't care, right? Like, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's the same thing they should have done with Kareem Hunt last year. Like there's, there's, there doesn't, none of these guys are, you know, other than Cooper and Hopkins, none of these guys are good enough to demand a certain number of targets. Right. And so for sure, if Donovan Peoples Jones, you know, is unhappy that he's not getting enough playing time, he's not getting enough targets, then, you know, he can leave in the off season, but he's under contract. He's on, on a rookie deal. He's not incredibly expensive. Having that sort of wide receiver depth, you know, it's it's a luxury, but it's one that they could afford to have. Yeah, and so so let's say for those purposes, you talked about keeping seven wide receivers. Yeah. So let's talk about the seven, right? You've got Cooper and Hopkins in, mm-hmm. in the event that this happens. And again, yeah, this yeah, isn't. Yeah. Again, there is a uh, uh, unofficial report that we may be seeing Hopkins in Cleveland this week for a visit. Uh, again, unofficial. Uh, but let's say, let's say that goes down. Let's say they go, listen, this is just, we can't pass this up. We, we've got, we've got Watson who again, uh, and I want to talk about this tonight because, uh, what Alex, I think it was Van Pelt that said Watson is like tenfold the player that was in camp last year. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Um, so you've got Watson and his favorite target he's ever had. Right. Being able to bring them together. It just makes too much sense. Mm-hmm. So you, if if 
right now you just brought in Watson. You've got Watson, you've got Cooper, you've got DPJ, you've mm-hmm. got Tillman. He's not going to go anywhere. Uh, uh, you've got more. He's not mm-hmm. going anywhere. So there's your five that are just would be locks in the and event. Good, that and you kept those and guys. Goodwin is the, is the sixth lock. And Goodwin. So you'd have six locks and then you'd Correct. have what? Four. Oh, look at this. I love that picture. That gets me excited, Ian. Ian, look, Ian McBride in the background always making us look good, but this now all of a sudden gets me excited. Okay, well, maybe just take a few deep breaths, Mike. And so, to me... Think about to, Guardians baseball. To, that doesn't make me take breaths. That gives me hypertension. Uh, <laughs> to me, and Fumble13 just said it's... Like, you, you don't just give up on David Bell one year. No, later. and I don't think they should. I don't think they should. And yeah. I think he's, I mean, he's probably he the obvious, leader for, for number seven. Yeah. I was going to say, as a third round draft pick, he's the obvious choice for the seventh pick. Agreed. Agreed. So, what it probably means is the end of the Schwartz experiment, even though he's hanging out. Right. And that probably is over, anyways. But he's yeah. hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then you, you know, you got Keith guys. Grant like, and, and. Right. You got, you know, you know Mike, Mike Harley, who Evan Joseph is in the comments asking about, who is a UDFA last year. You know, you got Dalen Baldwin, who has stuck around the team a little bit. You know, you've got a lot of you've got a lot of players that are really fringe NFL players that'll be on and off rosters for the foreseeable future. You know, Browns fans are very much in the habit of is this goes back 20 years to to Ben Gay, right? Like oh, he was great. We, we are in the habit of of wanting to believe that th- these guys can kind of come out of nowhere, uh, you know, uh Vince Papali style and and, and <laughs> make the Browns like an unbelievable team, you know, and, and Josh Gordon kind of proved that that sometimes happens, but it's incredibly rare. So, you know, the way to improve a roster is not from the bottom (laughs) up. It's from the top down. You push everybody down a spot uh, by bringing in DeAndre Hopkins. That was so good. That was so Vince Papali. First of all, Josh Gordon wasn't fit. Josh Gordon was a killer. In no, I'm just, just, no, I'm just saying he, he was a second-round supplemental pick that wasn't ooh. overly touted coming into the, the league, right? That was great. That was great. Uh, so we're getting a couple questions in the comments. And again, yeah. keep them coming from the comments. We'll bring you in, uh, whether they're questions or just inappropriate uh, comments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Serge wants to know, could they only keep two tight ends and keep more wide receivers? I, yeah. I'd i have trouble seeing that. I'd have trouble I, seeing I, that. Well, Mike, I wrote a column about that last week. Makes me think maybe you don't read my work, dude. I, I, man, don't even start. Don't even. As, I have nothing going on in my life. I just sit around and wait for Andrew's columns to. Hey, to man, listen. it's like seven hundred words. It's not that big of a deal. I read as much as I can. No, but I'm, I'm just not good at uh, reading. No, I, I did write a column, and my argument essentially was they started when they went to three tight ends last year because they had the injury issues at times, uh, and, and they didn't want to use Harrison Bryant as a blocking tight end as much they started using a sixth offensive lineman when they went to three tight ends. So they would bring in Michael Dunn. Yes. Uh, they brought in Chris Hubbard at times. James Hudson. Um, remember the James block. Hudson. Yeah, exactly. Remember they put him in motion. He was, he was a monster. Right. So, so that became sort of their go-to when they wanted to go to that jumbo package. In my mind, Dunn is back. Hudson is back. These are athletic uh, offensive linemen that can absolutely hold down the, you know, the edge in a tight ends alignment. Uh, so you keep you keep Najoku and Akins. You don't need Bryant. He, you know he's the third tight end right now. So you're deciding between keeping a player like Harrison Bryant, who is on his last year of his deal, or to your point, third round, second year player David Bell. To me, it's a no brainer. You got to keep Bell. Yeah, yeah. 
Man, it's it, that's interesting to me. I, I think it's I think it's a I think it's wild. You suffer one injury with with uh, two tight ends, and and Ian just said it in the comments, and I do agree with this. They're Your not going to run. They're not going to run that much twelve personnel. I mean, they shouldn't be anyway. No. They shouldn't be running much twelve. They should they should be running five to ten percent twelve personnel. Yeah, I get that. And 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 if that if if that's the look if that's the thing that makes the Browns offense click in twenty twenty three then we're having a totally different conversation about whether or not Kevin Stefanski should have his job because they need to be living in 11 with this much receiving talent, especially in the world where they had Hopkins, but even without yep. that. Uh, I'm going to bring Ian in again because he made a great uh, a great point. We, we talked about Goodwin as a, uh, as a lock, but he's got 150K guaranteed. We just saw them cut a guy yep. with, I believe, more than that guaranteed. He had 500 in, in guaranteed money, yeah. Yep, so we just saw him cut a guy with more than that guaranteed. So That's a great point. Great well, good one. And, and again, sometimes you have to just understand the way these camps and, and, and the offseason works, right, Andrew? I mean, you kind of saw it with, with Dobbs last year. It, it it doesn't always boil down to keeping the very best guy when you're talking about depth on the roster. Sure. It boils down to keeping effective contracts, guys that are guys that you want to grow into spots as opposed to older veterans. Uh, so there's a lot of that that does come into play. Yeah, and I know it may not be popular, but I do agree with Ian here in that um, I know Goodwin's the guy that's like everybody's talking about him in shorts and T-shirts because he's like the fastest guy out there. But if it boils down to it and you've got this room filled with talent and you want to keep maybe a younger guy, right? You've got got Evan Joseph here saying he likes Harley Jr. a lot. Yeah. Um, Maybe they do want to keep a guy like that over a guy like Goodwin. You could totally see that. So I think Ian's right on that. Uh, I would just I would push back a little bit just to say that Goodwin has a skill set that no other Browns player other than maybe Anthony Schwartz has, which right. is truly elite Olympic level speed. And they, you know, Van Pelt last week made a, a specific comment about that their one of their offseason goals was to improve their deep passing game. So I, I'm not saying that he's his roster spot is untouchable, right? If he comes into camp and is not, you know, where he needs to be and doesn't know the playbook and is dropping everything. Sure, of course he could get cut. I'm not saying he's he's an absolute lock, but what I'm saying is that his skill set is not one that you just go out and pick up off the street. And as much as Mike Harley or David Bell have maybe promised as players, you know, Goodwin has that one specific talent, you know, that one specific skill that is not just kind of available. Uh, Pat Shea wants to know, do we find it normal that there's little legit D-hop chatter in the media? Uh, I don't know that I agree with that. I mean, I've seen some pretty yeah, legit... Be- Pretty reported. Yeah, I've seen some pretty legit sources talking about at least all the smoke with the Browns and D. I, frankly, I'm not hearing a ton about other teams. Yeah, I, I mean, I it's just a very it's a weird time of year for all of this, right? For like, sure. uh, you know, if Hopkins had been released, if the Cardinals had done right by Hopkins and released him in March, uh, you know, because I don't think they ever intended to keep him on the roster uh, for the regular season. Uh, so if they had done the right thing and released him in March. You know, there probably would have been a lot more rumors and a, a bigger bidding war, and he would have gotten a larger contract. And so, uh, it happening in June like this is weird because a lot of teams are, you know, you alluded to it already. The Browns cut a tackle today yep. and brought in young players to replace him. Like teams are kind of trimming down the players that they want taking meaningful reps so that they can focus on the guys in the building for for the mini camp. You know, and then I think there'll be a period of reevaluation. I think it was a Jeremy Fowler report that said. 
that the hard deadline for Hopkins is really um, uh, training camp. And yep. so, you know, this is this to me feels a little bit like the Jadevian Clowney situation last year where we're kind of just talking about it, but not really hearing much about it for weeks, maybe a month. You know, the Browns open camp in like six weeks. Uh, that's probably the hard deadline for Hopkins making a decision. So I think it, this kind of like low boil could continue for quite some time. And once again, you're going to see a lot of these reports too. Jets and Cowboys said they are out. No, they're not. Right. right. No, they're not. They, they might say something. But if, if <laughs> I promise you, if DeAndre Hopkins went to the Jets tomorrow and said, I want to be a Jet, they're, they're not out. Right. Any way, shape, or form. I don't know. I don't understand. Why, why do teams do this? Do they find it to be a bargaining chip? Like, oh, we're out, but like maybe if a player really wants to go to that team. Because, again, it makes no sense. Why would you say you're out on a guy like DeAndre Hopkins? I don't – I mean, I don't even think if that's – Even if you're kind of out. Even if I don't think like that's ever comes from the team, Mike. I think that comes from, yeah, fair. from the agent, you know. And, and, and specifically, what I have seen a lot of is te- fans of that team – uh, pestering local or national reporters, like what about what about the Jets? What about the Jets? And it's and so at some point a reporter is like uh, asks the agent, "What about the Jets?" I haven't heard anything, so they're out. You know, it's, yeah, it's, right, it's, yeah. It's this sort of stuff That's where I, not, you know, a lot of this stuff is not intentional or strategic. This is just what like what rumors are in this day and age on social media. Like it's just messy. It's really messy. I don't think there's yeah. a lot of like thought behind it. It's just a lot of people saying a lot of things into a very loud microphone. Yeah, the abyss. Yeah, the abyss for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we had a conversation about the abyss earlier. We sure did. Very uh, familiar with it. Uh, no, yeah, and for all the people, Andrew, there's still this segment of people. I want to. I want to say there's like you're getting called an uh, Amish. Yeah, I'm aware. In the comments, I'm, I'm well aware. Yeah, there's like it's, the it's brown... because Paul's never been further west than like. Eastern New Jersey, so he doesn't really know like what the rest of the country's like, and it's this is typical New York elitism from Paul Spencer, and I'm, I'm frankly I'm sick of it. Call him Paul out. He's just responding to other people. No, he uh, started it way up thread. Trust me, I've been watching. Uh, there's this segment of Browns fans, and and the only reason I bring up the fact that you're getting called Amish, it, it, it's like no matter who's on the Browns, yeah. they're like Browns purists. Yeah, yeah, Browns yeah, yeah. puritans, if you will. Mm-hmm. Whoever's sure. on the Browns is who needs to be on the Browns, and they don't need anybody else. So we see these rumors float out about DeAndre Hopkins, and you just see this very loud group of people that are like, they don't need him. Mm-hmm. Keep him away from this team. They don't need him. Yep. What yep. are we talking about? Like, who would say no? Who would say no? Well, I mean, I'm, I kind of alluded to this earlier, Mike. A, f- a few of those people work for the OBR, and, and we've had those conversations internally. Um you know, there's the argument that he's past his prime. There's the argument that he will be too expensive. There's the argument that he's not necessary for what the Browns are trying to accomplish this year. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't see a ton of validity to any of those, um, mostly because I don't think that Andrew Barry is going to overpay. I mean, the main reason that this isn't done yet is is probably because Andrew Barry is offering less money than yeah. the other teams that are out there. And so Hopkins is having to choose between going and playing with, uh, you know, his favorite NFL quarterback and Deshaun Watson or getting more money somewhere else. Um, so, you know, I, I think a lot of the objections are a little bit, you know, but I mean, I see your point, right? That a lot of it comes down to, we don't need this guy. We have other good players. And, you know, one of the things that I've seen come up online a lot is that there's not enough targets to go around, 
which I think it feels to me like a sort of a misunderstanding of yes. the, of the magnitude of the shift that's coming for the Browns offense this year. Uh, you know, it, it's, as I said earlier, if they are not running, you know, a, a, a real, you know, significant majority out of shotgun 11 or even uh, 10 personnel, which is, you know, a running back and a tight end or just a running back and no tight end, they're doing themselves a disservice with the with the way they've reshaped this roster. They, they now truly have one difference making running back. And and one I mean, I like Jordan Akins, but one starting level tight end. They absolutely should be leaning into the depth at wide receiver by putting more wide receivers on the field. But to me, it to me, it it also shows a misunderstanding of how targets work, right? The yes. better the more really great players you have out there, and this is gonna sound really weird, but the more really great players you have out there, the more targets you're going to get. No, that's exactly right. Amongst exactly everybody. Right. Yes. If 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 you've got Amari Cooper and a bunch of scrubs, Amari Cooper is going to get a bunch of targets and then there's going to be less targets elsewhere because your quarterback's going to be holding on to the ball more. You're going to be running the ball more because you know that's not your strength over there. More talent is going to mean more targets for everybody. And again, we're still going to have Nick Chubb running the ball a lot. This mm -hmm. team, listen, we're talking a lot about going into an air raid offense or throwing the ball a lot more or whatever. And they are, if they're smart, they're going to do that, but they're not going to just stop giving the ball to Nick Chubb. The more talented players you have out there, the more touches, targets are going to be available for everybody mm -hmm. because the quarterback's going to be able to get the ball out of his hands more than he was before. Yeah, and, 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 and one of the big things from the last two years to this year is that they are going to be significantly better at sustaining drives, right? And, and that's actually one of the things that Hopkins specifically is going to really help with is moving the chains, keeping drives alive. Uh, you know, they, they need to both be more explosive, yes. but they also need to be more efficient. They, they had the last two years, they've had far too many three and outs where the offense looks out of sync or uncoordinated. And that that's really an area where I think Hopkins, especially with his route running savvy, his ability to win, you know, in contested catch situations and his relationship I'm, with Watson, that's, yes. that's where he's really going to shine is on like a third mate. Yes. Yes, the more you have the ball, the more targets are going to come, and the better exactly. players that you have, right. the more you're going to have the ball. Yeah, like this, we we got to stop talking about targets, quote unquote, mm -hmm. like just people the way people talk about targets. People talk about targets like it's a finite number, right? Like there's a cap on targets. This is right. how many targets. No, the better, the more talent you have out there, the more targets those guys are going to get because the more you're going to have the ball. Yep, that. That is the way people should think. So when we're talking about getting a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, yeah, let's bring that in. We'll find him the targets. He'll create the targets for himself. That's yeah. how that works. Uh, you've had a couple questions. Serge wants to know, would you, for the same money, D-Hop or OBJ? That is ludicrous. <laughs> that is ludicrous. Serge is enjoying himself. He's having a nice night. Uh, he's been drinking more than me. Yeah. Uh, Paul Spencer, uh, regardless, of, I, I like this point. And I do want to talk about it for a second. Yeah. Whether or not they get Hopkins, uh, and I'm with Paul Spencer a thousand percent on this. Mm -hmm. Very excited about Elijah Moore. I, I I think to this point, it's the most excited I am about any player joining the Browns this offseason. And they're wow. bringing in wow. they're bringing in some big time players this wow. offseason. Interesting. But to me, Elijah Moore, I, I like I think Elijah Moore is that guy that's just gonna blow up here. I mean, life. yeah, I, I understand that. I hope that's true. I do think it's it's there's there is a level of risk though right because he has he hasn't done it consistently oh for sure 
you know, yeah, and, it's and so, not a no risk thing, but, but yeah, like yeah. for once, Andrew, for once, it feels to me like here in Cleveland, whether we're talking about the guardians, the Cavs, the Browns, whatever, it feels like we're always the source of the guy that needs totally. the scenario change, that totally. needs the scene change, that needs the team change. And then he goes on to explode for some other team. Right. Elijah Moore feels like the most likely guy that needed a scene change from another team, and he's going to make it happen here in Cleveland. I, I feel that. No, I, and I agree with you. I, I share that optimism, but I, I just, as it informs the conversation about Hopkins, it's, I, I'm not saying that you're comparing and contrasting them, and I know that Paul is explicitly not saying that. Correct. My point is just that the, the appeal of Hopkins specifically is the proven quantity piece, right? Uh, Hopkins and Cooper are a proven, you know, you, you pair those two together and you have one of the more proven and reliable oh, yeah. uh, wide receiver duos in the league. And that matters in a season where, again, it's really all about the quarterback finding his momentum, his mojo, his whatever, right? 